we'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So huh, today is March 23rd, 2020, and we're finding some really weird goings, right? There's a lot of weird stuff happening, a lot of, mm, how do we say, oh, <laughs> contradicting things coming out. We are in the middle of what we like to call an infodemic for this pandemic that they had. And uh, I'm going to kind of reiterate that a little bit more for you guys. So uh, it's, um, it's pretty interesting uh, what I've uh, encountered today because as I was coming on live, um, I noticed that all the things that I had set up that I had dug up from the deep belly of the way back machine have all been hmm, taken down. So that was a very interesting happening for me. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I am going to play a specific clip for you and I want you guys here right now to just listen to this. You all know this movie very, very well. Now, huh? I want you to listen to this um, clip in respects to what it is saying. Okay. That's all I want you to do. Listen to the clip in respects to what it is saying. Nothing more. And listen to how it pushes forward on a theory. Something that I've been trying to say. Sometimes, you know, you can't tell people the truth uh, directly. It's kind of like when someone says, you look ugly. You're like, whoa, that's totally rude. Or that hair color does not suit you. Totally rude. But if you love the person, you're going to tell them, right? You're going to say the truth because you want them to see it. But unfortunately, Human beings are not able to do so as we construct our own realities and boundaries of what we find acceptable. So based on that, uh, what you're going to listen to, uh, which is a clip from a movie where it talks about a virus being spread and a threat that was made that, you know, I have, you know, all these drugs are in your food or I've tainted them and this is how you're going to die because I've tainted them. I just want to put that out there. I told you that this virus is highly specific. There are states that are giving you numbers, but they're not giving you the victims. And you have to think, yes, our elderly are prone to this. Yes, but who is it targeting? How many elites have you seen get this virus? Think again, big leaders. Only today, Amy Klobuchar, you know, the chick that was posing with McCain, right? With John McCain and Lindsey Graham in Ukraine posing, right? The people that stole our tax dollars, they stole our tax dollars, 
Okay. And we're using it for what? Wait till you find out because this isn't the first time they've done this because unfortunately, Alice, I have to use a computer that's visible on the internet, which means that anybody and their mother can take a look at what I'm doing because transparency is key, right? They're just going to be like, why did she go looking for that document? It's like she knew what to look for because, you know, we have to understand that everything we do is monitored. So right before my show, just so happened that out of all the browsers that I had opened, three of them, that specific one just decided to shut down because, you know, coronavirus. So let's take a listen to this movie clip. And then by that time, I'll have all those mm, old documents to share with you. And they will span Hillary Clinton, they will span Bush, they will span every single clown you see being paraded around right now as a coronavirus expert. You will see a name that a lot of people don't know, Helen Epstein. But we're also going to talk about Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein. We're also going to talk about Africa. So hmm, let's get to it. Oh. And we're also going to talk about these medical martial laws, how they don't make sense. And a great example is the state of Ohio, and I'll tell you why. So let's play this clip. It was one of the most chilling ones where they actually had a human hamburger, if you remember. For those of you, Kingsman 2, here we go. Mr. President, my name is Poppy Adams. I believe the U.N. has no teeth. So I've selected you as leader of the free world to receive this communication. And I invite you to begin negotiations in the largest scale hostage situation in history. A few weeks ago, an engineered virus was released contained in all varieties of my product. Cannabis, cocaine, heroin, opium. Okay, Alice, (laughs) that's enough. We're going to we're going to try this once again. We're going to try this once again. I want you guys to listen to it because, see, sometimes what people don't see is that they tell you exactly what they're going to do. Kind of like we're seeing the stars now freaking out. Like, have you seen celebrities go stir crazy before? Don't these people pay millions, if not billions of dollars, so they can be all alone on an island with nobody around them. How many of them like to sit in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with absolutely nothing except for themselves and two, three friends? But now they're going stir crazy. Now, what? They're trolling us. They want to put it out there like, oh, yeah, this is a total joke, what you're saying. Is it a joke, though? Is it a joke when you see that this virus is Highly specific. I repeat, highly specific. Look at the people going into self-quarantine because they don't want to get it. They don't want to get it. Of course they don't want to get it. I mean, could you imagine if they got it? And here's the thing. Why aren't they telling us when leaders are getting it? Have you asked your state to tell you who has gotten sick? Have you asked them? That's the thing. They won't tell you. They don't want to tell you because they don't want to, what is it called? Um, Cause panic, right? Cause panic. So you're telling me that you're not going to tell me in order to protect me and someone else is going to be calling the shots. I see. Okay, let's try this again now that I have put up another wall. Here we go. 
if it wants to. There I go. believe the UN has no teeth, so I've selected you as leader of the free world to receive this communication. And I invite you to begin negotiations in the largest scale hostage situation in history. A few weeks ago, an engineered virus was released contained in all varieties of my product. Cannabis, cocaine, heroin, opium, ecstasy, and crystal meth. Some of you are already infected, and this is what you can expect in the coming days. After a brief incubation period, victims present with stage one symptoms. A blue rash. Next, second stage symptoms appear. Mania, as the virus enters the brain. Very distressing to the victim and those around them. Stage three, paralysis. Muscles enter a state of catastrophic seizure, and once the muscles of the thorax become affected, breathing becomes impossible, leading to a very nasty death within 12 hours. But I have good news to the millions already affected. It doesn't have to be this way. I have an antidote. By the way, the people, the person that took the antidote is Elton John. What have you done to me, you fucking bitch? <laughs> 100% effective and ready to ship out worldwide at a moment's notice. You have my word. I will do this. If the following conditions are met. Get out of my fucking room! First, you agree to end the war on drugs once and for all. All classes of substance are legalized, paving the way to a new marketplace in which sales are regulated and taxed. Oh, wait a minute. So what war do they want us to legalize? What have they been aiming for and conditioning us for? Human trafficking, child trafficking, selling and buying human beings, little human beings, little human beings that are being bred and sold with no birth certificate across all borders. And you have to wonder why. As per alcohol. And second, my colleagues and I receive full legal immunity. Meet my terms, and I look forward to helping you keep our beloved country great, boosting our alien economy, and easing spending on law enforcement. Or continue this blinkered, outmoded, and frankly disastrous exercise in prohibition, and live with blood on your hands. Save lives. Legalize. So, think. Um, uh... Could it be that there was this pandemic, which it was, and I am going to refer you to a show that I had um, done, I think maybe it was last year around this time, where I talked about Yovanovitch and I told you that she was in bed with very nefarious things, extremely nefarious things. So these things and people that she was involved in, right, was with that, you know, yapping lady with the scarf, but I'll give you a better insight so you understand what PEPFAR is. You know, PEPFAR that Mike Pence is part of that. Um, I don't know if he still is, but I'm sure because he was there for a while that um, uh, Fauci's part of that. Fau, 
I don't like her at all. Scarf Lady Bricks is part of. Yovanovitch played a role, but guess what entities are part of it? Civil Society, that's George Soros. Smart Cities, that's George Soros. Clinton Initiative, that (laughs) speaks for itself. Obama for America, Oprah Winfrey, wait, wait, we've got more. Helen Epstein did a lot of books on this, but that also included other agencies and other companies. Huh piloting this. And that was Jeffrey Epstein with the help of Harvard and the epidemiology unit, which ironically is at harvard.ped. It's ped.harvard.eu do ped. (laughs) How ironic. Do you know that he was a financial founder of that division of, you know, research? Obviously they scrubbed his name after Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. But here's where I'm going to go into a scientist's written statement, okay, about AIDS and the corruption of medical science. This was actually posted in Harper's Magazine on March 2006. Tori, whoa, that's like super far away. I'll tell you what. This had to do somewhat of the conversation that I had with Owen Brennan. Uh, it It wasn't direct. It was indirect. And when I say I have a dossier on things, Epstein, you know, We need to unseal that. And I know everyone's like, well, just drop it. Just drop it. I'd rather just say it because I can put it under the guise of entertainment. But this is something you can actually look up. It's been scrapped, but you can find it on the Wayback Machine. And I'll PDF it and upload it on my website for all of you to see later on today. So let me read this article for you so you can get the size and issues that we are having at hand. Listen for the words in between the words. Joyce Ann Hafford was a single mother living alone with her 13-year-old son, Jermall, in Memphis, Tennessee. When she learned, didn't they have an earthquake recently? Yeah, they did. When she learned that she was pregnant with her second child, she worked as a customer service representative for a company called CMC Call Center. Her son was a top student, an athlete, and a musician. In April 2003, Hafford, four months pregnant, was urged by her obstetrician, this is 2006, okay, to take an HIV test. She agreed by her, she agreed even though she was healthy and had no reason to think she might be HIV positive. The test result came up positive. Though Hafford was only tested once and she did not know that the pregnancy itself can cause a false positive HIV test. Her first thought was of her unborn baby. Hafford was immediately referred to an HIV AIDS specialist, Dr. Edwin Thorpe, who happened to be one of the principal investigators recruiting patients for a clinical trial at the University of Tennessee Medical Group that was sponsored by the Division of AIDS, DAIDS, D-A-I-D-S, the chief branch of HIV AIDS research within the National Institutes of Health. The objective of the trial, PACTG1022, was to compare the treatment limiting toxicities of two anti-HIV drug regimes. 
the core drugs being compared were nelfinavir, trade name Virocept, and nevirapine, trade name Viramune. To that regimen in each arm, two more drugs were added, Zindovudin, AZT, and Lemivudin, Epivir, in a branded combination called Combivir. PACTG 1022 was a safety trial as well as an, uh, an efficacy trial, which means that pregnant women were being used as research subjects to investigate safety, and yet the trial was probing the outer limits of bearable toxicity. So let me just stop right there and explain toxicity. So I learned this term when I was at the College of Pharmacy as a grad student taking classes, and here we have a spectrum. So when you test for drugs, you know, kind of like when the doctor says take antibiotics, right? And you have to finish your course and you have to take it at the certain time. It's because you have to make sure that you have a concentration of that antibiotic within your system in order for it to be effective. And if you exceed that, it could be lethal, meaning there's high toxicity. If you're below that, it means there's no efficacy, meaning it's not going to work. It's not, there's no efficacy. It doesn't bind. It doesn't do. It's just, oh yeah, I'm kind of here, kind of working, kind of like lazy, right? So what they did was they were testing these drugs on women who thought they had HIV because the doctor told them to. I mean, why would you not believe your doctor? I mean, this single mom, you know, obviously African-American, single, you know, with one boy, pregnant, an hourly paid worker. Why not join this trial? You get a lot of medicine um, so we can help you with your supposed HIV. And, um, you know, you don't have to worry about money. That's basically it. So they were using them as guinea pigs to see how toxic it could be, not only to the mother, but to the baby. So uh, given, I'll continue this now, given the reigning beliefs about HIV's pathogenicity, such trials are fairly commonplace, especially in the post-1994 era, where AZT was hailed for cutting transmission rates from mother to child. The goal of PACTG-1022 was to recruit, recruit at least 440 pregnant women across the nation, of which 15 to be enrolled in the University of Tennessee Medical Group. The plan was to assign the study's participant to one of two groups, with each receiving three HIV drugs starting as early as 10 weeks gestation. Of the four drugs in the study, three belong to the FDA's category C. That means safety to the mother or the fetus has not been established. Well, Joyce Ann Hafford was 33 years old and had always been healthy. She showed no signs of the clinical markers associated with AIDS. Her CD4 counts, which measure the lymphocytes that are used to indicate how strong a person's immune system is, and which HIV is believed to slowly corrode. Remember, I told you it was about specific T cells and, you know, how strong you are, how educated they are, because they actually learn in your gut and go through the spleen. HIV is supposed to be taking down those nerd soldiers. You have your innate immune defense, your B cells, and then you have your T cells, which are your smart ones. So your B cells are your, like, you know, front 
front line with the spears. We're just we're just going to go at it and we're all going to die frontliners. T cells take their time, educate themselves within your gut and then go through the spleen to populate and release that information. This is why you take longer to fight viruses because it has to learn. It actually learns from the death of the B cells, I guess, and from interacting with the virus. So that was just a little tidbit so you understand where you are. Um, in regards to understanding what this guy is telling you, and I'll try to break it down too. So apparently this woman had no HIV markers, okay? This single mom that was 33 with a child that was 13 and pregnant, four months pregnant, was super healthy, right? And didn't have HIV. You want to, you want to know the fun part? Uh, Clinton Initiative actually participated in this. Wait till you hear about Africa. So uh, here we go. In early June 2003, she was enrolled in the trial and on June 18th took her first doses of drugs. She felt very sick right away, recalls her older sister, Ruby King. Within 72 hours, she had a very bad rash, welts all over her face, hands, and arms. That was the first sign that there was a problem. I told her to call her doctor and she did, but they just told her to put hydrocortisone cream on it. I later learned that the rash is a very bad sign, but they didn't seem alarmed at all. Hafford was on the drug regimen for 38 days. Her health started to deteriorate from the moment she went on the drug, says her sister. She was always in pain, constantly throwing up, and finally she got to the point where she, all she could do was lie down. The sisters kept the news off Hafford's HIV test and the trial itself from their mother. So the mom didn't know that she was HIV positive or that she was going through a drug trial. And Hafford herself attributed the sickness to nausea and being pregnant. That's what she was telling people because she was embarrassed to say that she had HIV. You know, it was very stigmatizing and it still is very stigmatizing when someone gets diagnosed with HIV, right? So she said, um, uh, she was a cheerful person. She was, was, was a cheerful person, a non-complainer, and was convinced that she was lucky to have gotten into this trial. She would say to her sister, now, that's what she called me. I have to get through this. I can't let my baby get this virus. Well, I understand that, but if you're awful sick, but she never expressed any fear because she thought this was going to keep her baby from being HIV positive. She didn't even know she was in trouble. On July 16th at her scheduled exam, Hafford's doctor took note of the rash, said it was pruritic and macular papular, and also noted that she was suffering hyperpigmentation as well as ongoing nausea, pain, vomiting. By this time, all she could keep down was were cans of Ensure. Her blood was drawn for lab tests, but she was not taken off the study drugs, according to the documents and internal NIH memos. Eight days later, Hafford went to the regional medical center, fully symptomatic, with what legal documents characterize as including yellow eyes, thirst, darkening of her arms, tiredness, nausea, without vomiting. She also had a rapid heartbeat. Labs were drawn, and she was sent home still on the drugs. This woman died, you guys. Just listen. The next day, July 25th, Hafford was summoned back to the hospital after lab reports from nine days earlier were finally reviewed. She was admitted to the ICU with acute subacute necrosis of the liver, secondary to drug toxicity, acute renal failure, anemia, septicemia, premature separation of placenta, and threatened premature labor. Or labor. She was finally taken off the drugs, but was already losing consciousness. Sterling was or her her baby. Sterling was delivered by C-section, and she remained conscious long enough to hold him, but at least got to see him and learn she had a boy. We joked about it a little when she was still coming out of in and out of consciousness of uh, the ICU. This is this is horrible, you guys. 
This is horrible. And if you think this is bad, that this happened in the United States of America, uh, it's it's incredible. The last conversation this woman had with her sister in the early mornings of August 1st, Ruby and her mother got a call to come to the hospital because doctors had lost Hafford's pulse. Jamal was sleeping, her older son, and Ruby woke her own daughter and instructed her to tell Jamal anything. They went to the hospital and they had been there for about 10 minutes when Joyce Ann died. So this woman died. Who's telling her story? Because Harvard buried this story because they didn't want you to know what exactly they were doing. So now you're going to say, well, Tori, this happens all the time with testing drugs and they need, you know, lab rats. And, you know, usually they use homeless people, you know, but mostly homeless people have social security numbers and you can track them. Again, I've told you that human trafficking isn't just for sustenance, sexual pleasure, etc. It's for drug trials, too. I want people to understand it because when you understand this, you're going to understand coronavirus. You are going to understand because why is it that Amy Klobuchar, who her husband that she is around, is now spitting up blood on a respirator, told by her doctor not to take the test? Because guess what? The president told you. How many times did, you, did he tell you? If you're not sick, don't get tested. If you're not sick, don't get tested. How many times? And you know, before they even said anything about the testing, I told you, probably going to be sticking something up in your nose. If anyone has gotten a recent flu vaccine, where did they put it? That's right, up your nose. So I'm going to pause right there while we go for a break. And I want you guys to just let that percolate for a little bit, because we're going to get into PEPFAR and all these clowns. And you're going to see how our president is parading them around so they can all own this. It's theirs to own. I'll see you all in a bit. All right. Welcome back, guys. Here's where we're going to bring John Solomon into the picture, okay? Because John Solomon has been around for a while, as you know. I like him, and he finds a lot of things online. So let's remember the Division of AIDS, DAIDS, right? Tennessee Medical Group was part of, was sponsored by the Division of AIDS, DAIDS, which is which chief branch of HIV AIDS research within the NIH. So this woman dies. They tell her she died of something that's not related, to, that was totally related to AIDS. But the question is, did this woman even have AIDS? Now, on August 3rd, on August 8th, 2003, Jonathan Fishbane, who had recently taken a job as the director of Office of Policy and Clinical Research Operation at Dades, wrote an email to his boss, Dade's director, Ed Tremont, alerting him that there was a fulminant liver failure resulting in death in a Dade's trial, and it looked like uh, nevirapine, one of the drugs, was a likely culprit. He said that the FDA was being informed. He was referring to Joyce Ann Hamford. Tremont emailed him back, ouch, not much we can do about dumbed docs. Dumbed 
Docs. This email exchange was actually brought to light in December of 2004, about six months later, when John Solomon, who was an AP reporter then, broke the story that Fishbane was seeking whistleblower protection in part because he had refused to sign off on the reprimand of an NIH officer who had sent the FDA a safety report concerning the Dage trial that launched the worldwide use of Neverapine for pregnant women. The study just so you know, was called HIV Net 012. And guess where it started? Uganda, 1997. You want to guess who was behind kickstarting that study? Remember how Epstein, I helped, I created the Clinton Initiative Foundation. So the internal communiques from Dades around the time of half her deaths made it clear that doctors knew she had died from neverapine toxicity, though it was not under documentation. Tremont's reply to Fishbeam suggests that he thought blame could be placed squarely with Halford's doctors, but it was the NIH itself that had conceived the study as one that tested treatment limiting toxicities of HID drugs on pregnant women, meaning she was disposable. Right. So they were testing it. Okay. So the conclusion of the PACTG 1022 study was published in the journal JADES, you know, the Journal of AIDS, in July 2004. The study was suspended, the authors reported, because of greater than expected toxicity and changes in neverapine prescribing information, the one the FBA had said it's fine to use, and they were using it really heavy-handedly in um, Africa, which, by the way, is plagued by malaria. I'm just pointing some stuff out if you get what I'm saying you know (laughs) this is going to get even wilder so this was actually buried by Harvard right and um, uh, Berkeley University where they trashed Dr. Duesberg that wrote this article out in Harper's why because HIV was actually a a concoction that they were trying to um mitigate. There we go. Robert Gallo was a scientist who proved that HIV causes AIDS. And he was like, always out there, you know, talking and um, he was very animated. He was your typical fun scientist. But the thing is, he praised a very nefarious organization, a nefarious organization called PEPFAR. And he dismissed Dr. Duesberg, you know, claims that we are committing atrocities in in Africa, that we are using people for study trials without them knowing they are study trials. I want to ask you something. When your doctor writes a prescription and you go to the pharmacy, how do you know that the medication dispensed to you is the medication that you're supposed to get. See, I only in the United States do they dispense pharmaceuticals without packaging. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? So if you're overseas and you need to get medication for your, uh, you know, diabetes and you need to get glucophage or what we call metformin, you would go to the pharmacy and you would get a box with the pharmacy company's name on it sealed in little packets and say, here's your medicine. In the United States of America, you don't. You just have to trust that the person dispensing the medication is not going to make Make a mistake and maybe give you penicillin instead of a, you know, 
another medication and kill you because you have an allergy to it. You know, totally accidental. Or instead of giving you, um, I don't know, your, you know, metformin that you're going for, they give you nitroglycerin and you die, you know, because your heart stops. I'm just saying these are things you have to think about. This is totally out there and very paranoid, paranoia, right? But think about it. Why are we the only country that doesn't allow for us to have sealed medications? And why are we entrusting person in, you know, our local pharmacies to just dispense it out of a big bottle jug? Why can't it say, all right, you don't want to give me what Bayer put out, like Bayer aspirin? Like even when you buy aspirin, I'm just saying, you know, now it's over the counter here, right? But it says Bayer. You buy antibiotics, it literally has the company GSK on it. So that way you know who to blame if the medicine isn't right. At CVS, oh yeah, we just totally made a mistake. We totally slipped. Sorry, you're dead. That happens more often than you think. Now, you're going to say, well, Tori, all right, this already happened. This was a while back. Why are we tickling this? Well, here's where we're going to get into PEPFAR. Because, see, PEPFAR was the one funding all these types of um, research. And PEPFAR right now is at the ankles of our president, surrounding him completely, completely. We got Fauci, right? Super thumper. He's the one on this HIV, H-N-I-H. We've got Ambassador Bricks, the one that talks like, use your words, with the scarf. Yeah, the blinking lady behind the president. She's part of PEPFAR. Wait till we tell you her great relationship with the Ukraine, which, by the way, somebody actually missed this. The Ukraine started to, uh, to legalize or allow or... They have cryptocurrency now. <laughs> oh, dear. So, and you're going to say, what does that have to do? Trust me. It'll all make sense. Just keep that. When I tell my listener something, I want you to keep it in the back of your mind just so you remember it when we refer to it again. Because I referred to PEPFAR once before. I think it was about a year ago. Um, a year ago today, I, I'm pretty sure it was around that time because I had received a document at, Oh no, it was, it was, it was in April, right? It was just that she was going to get fired, you know, cause I had like documents on Ukraine and I found it really interesting that PEPFAR was saying that they're upping their, you know, uh, I was like, so we have all of this. Yovanovitch is blocking people from going to the DOJ. If you remember, she was like super gatekeeper for the DOJ. And, you know, she's upset. She got fired for, for being the gatekeeper for DOJ. But it wasn't just that. It was embezzlement of money. I've written about her a lot. And um, in that embezzlement of money and paying for apartments that are, uh, you know, occupied by ISIS, she also was negotiating money for AIDS research through PEPFAR and bumping it up. And they were sending her money in the Ukraine to do what? Are they giving Ukrainians AIDS? Oh, no, they're giving them coronavirus. Mm. But I'm going to tell you something. Do you want to know where it mutated first? I'm going to tell you. It started in China, but there were two people that arrived in Belgium, one person that arrived in L.A., and then it just so happened it was spread in that, you know, um, nursing home in Washington from someone, and then Miami, another one. Wait till they see the what the Brazilians are bringing. Oh, dear. So 
these people have been studying this. And when I've been talking about stories about, oh, you know, it just so happened that I was sitting in on a class and took a seminar, you know, <laughs> with a guy that was doing research on malaria and HIV. And their it just so happened that I was in the right place at the right time back in 2010. And so I knew about this because this is when I say I have a file on Epstein, you have no idea. So when I say unseal Epstein, you'll know. And the thing is, most of this file is so atrocious, it'll make your hair stand up. You think uh, hopping around and picking up little kids, having sex with them, disposing them, doing these stupid sacrificial rituals. They were mostly used for experiments, you guys experimentation, experimentation on many fronts. One, how can we create a designer virus to take the people we don't like out? Two, how can we create artificial intelligence that are actually, how can I upload kung fu fighting in my brain so I'm a huge kung fu fighter, but I don't look like a cyborg? These are the things that they've been doing in the background. It's disgusting. And why? Where are they getting such notions that this can be done? Who's ushering them? Who's helping them? them. Why? Why, why, why? And why are the superstars so upset? This is, this is all background noise that I'm telling you, but I want you to have it in your peripheral as we go down this PEPFAR story. So PEPFAR, they are, (laughs) it's, um, the president, what is it called? The presidential, um, uh, initiative. Hold on. Uh, it's very specific. It's called the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. There we go. <clears throat> so what's really weird is on January 29, 2020, with support from the U.S. Global AIDS Coordinator and Special Representative for Global Health Diplomacy, Ambassador Deborah Brick, Burks, sorry, Color Bricks, Bricks, bricks. It's very important that I say that. She, you know, the scarf lady uh, and the FDI uh, launched a new PEPFAR database that provides information to the public about antiretroviral drugs tentatively approved or approved that are eligible for procurement under PEPFAR. The new database is managed by the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, CDER's Office of Communications, OCOM, Division of Drug Information, DDI, and provides information on all mobile-friendly platform through interactive dashboards and downloadable and searchable formats. For the first time, providers, patients, and procurers can easily access FDA-reviewed. Do you guys trust the FDA after knowing that they totally pushed a drug that was killing, you know, people in trials? I'm just saying. Um, Labeling and package labels for each drug product, as well as updates on manufacturing um, size, shelf life, and other information. This is all, you know... (sighs) Right on uh, their site. Uh, PEPFAR made this announcement at the end of January. So the, there is a PEPFAR liaison. The liaison is known as the PEPFAR coordinator for all FDA activities under PEPFAR and resides within the FDA's Office of Global Policy and Strategy. Global Policy. I thought PEPFAR was the president's thing about AIDS. I thought he was the president of the United States, not, you know, the whole world. The PEPFAR liaison serves as the FDA POC 
AOC point of contact with all outside entities in coordinating agency activities dealing with PEPFAR, including those associated with drug firms seeking to participate in expedited review process of antiretroviral therapies for the use of PEPFAR-focused countries. The liaison is also a point of contact with the World Health Organization Pre-Qualification Unit to facilitate the sharing of confidential information to leverage review of antiretroviral products and facilitate posting of FDA tentatively approved and approved antiretroviral drugs listed on the WHO, the WHO website. So this is who is standing by our president, the woman that is pushing for this specific, you know, disease, HIV, which just so happened to be the key to give us malaria, to give us, you know, the two drugs that I talked about two weeks ago to my listeners, where I said, oh, you know, it just so happened that, you know, about 10 years ago, because I, 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 I started, I shifted gears just so you guys know, 12 years ago. So 12 years ago, I came back stateside and I was like, all right, I, I need to get into something um, that helps people more. And so I went to school and studied molecular and cellular biology. And I just so happened to be around a lot of people uh, that make sense today. It's just total coincidence, of course. But it, see, this is how life experience comes forward, right? So <laughs> now we're going to go back to this Ambassador Burks bricks. And um, we're going to take it back a notch to the show where I was talking about Marie Ivanovich and she's such a traitor and she should have been fired. I'm going to read to you a letter uh, that I was referring to on air about AIDS. And it says the U.S. government through PEPFAR is proud to partner with the people and government of Ukraine to accelerate progress toward achieving HIV AIDS epidemic control. I didn't know that the Ukraine had an AIDS epidemic or HIV. I mean, we don't even really hear about it anymore with a bilateral investment of $199,391,001 from uh, fiscal year 2007 to 2018. So that's how much uh, was given. PEPFAR support, including for procurement of antiretroviral treatments. Now, I want to say this. They, uh, this, is, this is something that you need to, to understand. That on the U.S. site, antiretrovirals, okay, are ARVs. On the foreign sites, they call, they're called ARTs. It's very important that you understand this difference, and you're going to say why, because it comes in forward. Remember, I told you that um, everything has a reason. So antro, uh, antiretroviral ARV drugs, and then they call it ART, anti, antiretroviral treatments. So these are two different things. One is the drug and the other one is the treatment plan. Okay. Treatment plan. Just so we are clear on that. So uh, it, they say that the procurement of antiretroviral uh, treatment contributed to an increase in treatment coverage, bringing the national current treatment to 98.93 of uh, 98,000, of which 72,000 received services in PEPFAR priority regions. So it says that 
um, they have requested, okay, so this letter goes on about the planned allocation and strategic direction. This letter was from this woman to Yovanovitch. So the U.S. President's um, emergency plan, PEPFAR, um, was planning to offer them their typical $18 million and that's it. Uh, but uh, for 2019, they offered $30 million, including all new funding accounts and applied pipeline. Wait, what? So uh, this is a letter that was sent to Yovanovitch. It's so funny that all these witnesses were paraded around, you know, and Yovanovitch was one of them. And you would have to wonder, where's this $30 million going? Who's taking it? Who's pocketing it? And who's making money off of it? Now, I wanted to... Um, Go back to this rebuttal from the Harper's article so you can understand that um, Peter Duesberg it was a professor of molecular and cell biology at UC Berkeley who completely opposes the scientific belief, right? The scientific belief, let's read Scientology belief that HIV is the cause of AIDS. He says HIV doesn't cause AIDS. Duesberg wrote that um, HIV and AIDS have been widely denounced and rejected by many scientists, AIDS clinicians and AIDS advocacy group. Wait, wait, wait. So he's saying that it doesn't exist. Are you listening? So this is important because you guys need to dig on this because this is, if you, since you're home and you're not going to work, look it up. Like this is really, really big. So what they're saying is they're, that he's saying, well, HIV isn't really a thing. It's a designer um, uh, virus that targets certain demographics. Remember how they called it the gay virus? Well, that would make sense, obviously, because the virus, you know, um, educates itself in the gut. And how many people do you know have a, are HIV positive? What do they do? They take drugs for it. This is, this is, he's a denialist. Okay. I'm just saying this is a denialist. I'm p pointing it out. But Every single person that has died or has gotten AIDS, right, was actually done from the retrovirals taken. I mean, Magic Johnson had AIDS, right? Or wait, but he's like totally, I, I remember John Bon Jovi did, but that was quashed really quick, wasn't it? Who doesn't remember that? I remember it. I was gutted. I was like, oh my gosh, she was going to be my husband when I was a kid, right? <laughs> Not really, but you know what I mean? Um, so what's going on here? Designer drugs, testing on people that aren't sick, putting this all together, coronavirus, coronavirus, like I told you, is a very highly specific virus, very designer, very designer. And so, you know, I urge you guys, since you're like off, you know, from work, you know, you should read Helen Epstein's book titled The Lost Children of AIDS. Oh, it's just really, really interesting for you to read that. Um, it tells you a lot. Oh, it tells you a lot. Um, it tells you how they find the victims. I mean, the 
the the people that are that have AIDS, uh, you know how it only happens in Africa because they just have a lot of sex, right? Because nobody else has sex. Everyone's lame. They just have a lot of sex in Africa, and it's unprotected because it wasn't unprotected before. You know, in the Western world, when we didn't know about AIDS, it was just done there. That's why they're having an outbreak just in Africa. AIDS in Africa rising above what is it called the 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 partisan babble? The New York Times actually wrote that, and uh, there's partisan babble and international aid dollars, millions of international AIDS dollars, um, you know, and they were talking about Helen Epstein, you know, putting out some sensory commentary about AIDS and how countries of Africa are just being plagued by it. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute, we're all procreating. We all didn't know about AIDS, but suddenly just the Africans are getting it and just the Africans are getting malaria. Have you ever looked at a malaria heat map? Damn. All you see is Brazilians and Africans. Oh, and did I mention that Brazil has the highest mutation rate of this coronavirus too? Like I said, all you need to is is to stand on the moon and look down. Kind of also sounds like, you know, uh, President Xi and President Putin are going to be cramming me up there in the moon because they're talking about creating a joint moon... um, community up there but i digress so standing up from the moon and looking down what does that tell you are you just going to tell me that all the diseases just come from africa the country that has no power right it's called the dark continent because it has no power and we've not invested tons of poverty no food when you know most of history was written in africa so all these people are just dumb right they have no power they're just stuck in the stone ages even though the center of our history was from Africa. Suddenly they're all dumb. Suddenly it's all a a monkey virus. It's this, it's that, right? How many times have you heard that? Think, what is so important about Africa? I mean, everyone's in Africa now. Every single buku bucky guy is in Africa. Bill Gates, right before he stepped down from all these, you know, companies and boards, dropped serious $1.4 billion coin in Africa. And you have to think, what is really going on? Why did Africa shut their borders down immediately? But obviously they're not going to win on that one, but they shut it down immediately. And see, why do we have a task force of PEPFAR in Kenya? What are they doing? How are they planning to stop the uh, Ohio? um, How is Ohio trying to stop the epidemic? That's what we're going to get to right after this break, where we're going to talk about the Ohio Department of Health, how everything was shut down, and who this Amy Acton really is. It's going to send chills down your spine. It's incredible. I'll see you all um, in just a few right after this break. It'll be... um, Pretty, pretty, pretty incredible. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. 
You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Uh, this this segment, we are going to blow through commercials. I wanted to, before we start on Ohio as an example, uh, because it's very <laughs> it's very blatant, um, that uh, we go straight to uh, the Secretary of Defense. Well, we're going to go to Mark X, uh, Esper. Did I say Mark? Um, we're just going to go and listen to him live and what he's saying, how he's, he's already said that they have decreased, uh, the, uh, access to the Pentagon. 133 military personnel have been tested positive for COVID-19 and how they are deploying troops. I want you to listen to the Q and a right now. That's live, um, uh, space at things like that. Those are being provided to uh, to Seattle and I uh, forget the other location. It might have been New York as well. Uh, we are looking at deploying our field hospitals, which include the hospital, the equipment, and and medical professionals. And my aim is to get them out this week. Uh, my my view is Seattle and New York City are the places. We just need FEMA to validate that because keep in mind FEMA is the U.S. government's central pros- place for handling requests and then validating them and then prioritizing them. So that's important. But that was my, my notion is we'll be moving out this week. And then can you just give us a little more detail about changing the health protection condition to C at the Pentagon, exactly what that means? How many, we, I think we've, a lot of us here have been talking about how many people are actually working in the building right now yeah. prior to that and that, where you expect that number to is now and where it will go to under C. Yeah, we can, we can get you those numbers on who's working in the building now. I think it's down considerably, maybe 60-some percent, if not more. Again, I'm working off of numbers I was given last week. Uh, there, there does come with uh, uh, HB Con Charlie additional measures. We talked about limiting the number of sites. Uh, some screening is we could go to medical screening in terms of temperature testing as people come in is another uh, action that uh, is looked at. And then, uh, of course, everybody swiping as they come in. So there are a number of things. Uh, we should be putting out information more today. Uh, there is no intent whatsoever, Barbara, to limit the access of the press. And uh, we want to keep the building open again for certainly for essential personnel and for the media. And we're going to go to the phone lines. Sylvie from AFP. Yes, hello, Mr. Secretary. Do you hear me? I hear you. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, the president yesterday uh, spoke briefly about a hostage uh, who was liberated, apparently with the uh, help of uh, DOD. Could you about that? Did you say hostage? Yes, a hostage. Well, we had a, we had a, vo- a, a young uh, lady, a young American, who was the victim of a violent crime in, uh, in Honduras, I believe. Uh, she has been returned to the United States, and I just say, uh, out of respect for her and her family, for her privacy, we'll just leave it at that. Thank you. Go to Barbara Stark. Um, I've already answered your question, Barbara, so we can skip you, I guess. Um, never. Uh, or hopefully never. Um, you said something really interesting. Uh, you said 
that you do expect now some impact on readiness. To the best of my recollection, it's the first time you've publicly at least said that. So could you just expand a little bit? Uh, what are you hearing from your folks about what you expect that impact on readiness to be? And if there is such a thing, uh, how come the Defense Department was, like the civilian sector perhaps, not better prepared uh, to deal with a pandemic situation? But but I've never heard you say before. Well, first of all, I think we are, are prepared for a pandemic. Uh, we have pandemic plans in place. We've been exercising them now since late January, if you will. The commanders have been executing their plans. We've, have, we've stocked up millions of supplies for the United States military and our strategic stockpile to handle handle it with regard to PPE and other pieces of equipment. But let's go back to your first question. What I said is, if this pandemic continues at the scale and scope of, of, of what some are predicting, as over time, you could start seeing an impact on readiness because, you, as you know, we're curtailing some exercises. And as you curtail exercises over time, that, that could have an impact on readiness. But nothing to which uh, I, I fear impacts our, uh, our, our mission readiness to conduct our national missions. That's uh, just common sense, I think. But again, it depends on how long this lasts, the extent of it, the impact on our population is the other thing I think I, I mentioned. All those things are factors that we'll take into consideration over time. Remember, our most important asset, our most critical resource is our people. And I want to make sure uh, we take care of them. That's why I've said from the beginning, since I've been speaking to you all, number one of our three priorities, number one is taking care of our people. Because if you can't take care of your people, you can't take care of number two, which is safeguarding our national mission capabilities. That's why we're exercising a lot of due diligence with regard to our, the health of the force. Just to be clear, is it your sense that the department that you were new, uh, General Milley knew, by, the, by January that, the, that COVID-19 was a pandemic situation? Oh, I'm not going to. I, I can't think I can't think as far back as yesterday, let alone two, two or three months ago. Uh, you know, the, 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 the use of the word pandemic is a call made by medical professionals, not by us. We always are very careful as to what's happening in the world and understanding the world around us in order to protect the force. So uh, we've always and we always take precautions. I mean, some of you know who have deployed with us. You can't go on a deployment without getting multiple checks whether it's dental, uh, um, um, uh, physical checks, things like that. So we're always very conscious of the health of the force before it deploys on a, mi on a military mission. Um, has there been any consideration uh, towards moving active duty military doctors away from their jobs towards dealing with sort of the coronavirus treatment? And more broadly, you, you talked about some two field hospitals. How many do you eventually think will be needed? Are we talking dozens? I mean, what's the scale? Well, we only have so much capacity to begin with, uh, because again, at the end of the day, we have to protect our mission capabilities, as, as I was just discussing with Barbara and you all in the past. So there's going to be a limit to what we can provide if we want to safeguard our military capability. Uh, with regard to your first question, I, I've said before here that when you look at our field hospitals, when you look at uh, the, the hospital ships, uh, most, many, most, a majority of the people uh, from those ships, the medical professionals, will come from the reserves. Uh, so we're very conscious of where we pull the reserves from. The balance will likely come from active duty military treatment facilities. So we're very conscious as we draw people to staff up the ships or the hospitals where we're pulling them from because you're robbing, you're taking away from Peter to pay Paul, and you want to make sure that you don't, uh, you know, have an impact on an area that really needs it simply because you're trying to staff up a ship or a hospital. Have you used any active duty uh, military doctors so far? Well, we haven't. Uh, I, 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 when I talked to the, the ship's captains last week, they didn't give me a count as to they were still in the process of calling people up how many were active and how many were reserved. 
but we will, we will have those numbers in due course. And going back to the phone lines, Jeff Shogel from Task and Purpose. Thank you very much. Mr. Secretary, I know you say you trust commanders to make the appropriate decision, but we found there's no consistency on lower echelons when it comes to either social distancing or how far troops can go on leave on the weekend. Uh, commanders are still ho holding uh, all hands formations and town halls to talk about the need to be socially distant when they're standing right next to each other. Can I ask, where is this guidance from DOD on what to do and what to avoid so that it can slow the spread of this disease? Well, Jeff, and for all of you, look, it's, uh, there, there's, uh, there will be inconsistencies because every situation is unique. It's unique by the okay. type of unit. Okay, it's I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop this. I, uh, those were actually really good questions, but I just wanted to say something that Esper said that was interesting is, um, you know, what impact will it have on our population? So that's very telling, uh, just in itself. Just making that statement, um, uh, tells you a lot. But here's where I'm going to tell you something that, you know, everyone keeps saying no. Now, oh, no, we're not under martial law. Oh, no, this isn't, you know, it. And they would tell us and they're reinforcing it. It's medical martial law. And I'll demonstrate it to you by uh, using Ohio as an example, one of the first states to shut down uh, education facilities, one of the first states to shut down voting. Uh, you know, that's a really big deal when you shut down uh, or you postpone primary elections, right? Um, so I wanted us to kind of uh, take a look at that, take a look at Ohio. So the governor, as we know, is like the president of the state, right? He says what goes. If he postpones an election, he puts that in. If he shuts down a school, he puts that in. If he declares shelter in place, he puts his signature on it, stamp in all the freaking glitter and gold you want. Well, that's not the case in the state of Ohio. And I'll tell you a little bit about um, the head of health, or she's like the health director of the state of Ohio. Her name is Amy um, Acton. Amy Acton uh, actually hosted a roundtable uh, just this past summer in Ohio, featuring the director of the Centers of Disease Control, Dr. Redfield. Uh, he was, um, Dr. Redfield was, uh, gallivanting around the country, uh, to various counties that are eligible for new federal funding as part of the president's recently announced plan to end domestic HIV epidemic. So specific states and counties that are eligible. I mean, if you look at all the states and counties that are shutting down, they're all supposedly eligible for this money. You know, being president of the United States, you can only so much pay attention to things. You have to trust that the people that are around you are doing their job correctly. Now, in the state of the Ohio, the counties that are eligible are Cuyahoga, which is Cleveland, Franklin, Franklin, which is Columbus, and Hamilton, which is Cincinnati. They're three of the 48 highest HIV burden counties in the country. 
So now it's telling you that there's 48 counties. So if three are in Ohio, then you could do the math and look at the rest. So Dr. Amy Acton, you know, interviewed him and sat down with him, uh, you know, to talk about PEPFAR. She's part of the PEPFAR program. She leads it actually in Region 5. He had told a bunch of them and providers that, you know, in the, the plan is to end HIV. Okay. Now, Amy um, Acton was the one that signed the document putting off the elections. Hold on. Last time I checked, Amy's not governor. What's up, DeWine? In respects to her work with civil society and all these other interacting <laughs> community. Oh, did you know that civil societies is a Soros group? I just wanted to point that out. Yep. So Governor DeWine, you know, has Amy Acton calling the shots and signing documentation and declaring, which would be technically invalid if we're not under medical martial law because if the governor does not sign the paperwork to postpone primary elections then it's not valid he didn't sign it he announced it he didn't sign it whose signature is on it amy acton let's fast forward to this shelter in place that's going in effect tonight which means that i need to get out and go get alcohol and rubbing alcohol and um not alcoholic to drink rubbing alcohol and um god and um, heavy water because I'm I don't have any, uh, and thank God those are cheap, and uh, hopefully they're still there <laughs> at CVS. But I'm going to walk out there. I'm going to take some fresh air in because we're shelter in place. So you need to understand that this woman who put the shelter in place signed the document too. So where is the governor in all this? He is vested with all the powers governing the state of Ohio. Why is his not signature on it? And it's her signature on it. I want you guys to think again, a pep far star. It seems like all of these clowns are everywhere. Mike Pence uh, was part of the PEPFAR team, too. Did you know that? Um, it just so happened that the president said, he's going to spearhead this. Let him do it. He's got, yeah. This is how we parade around so they can own it. Own it. So what's going on? All of us are thinking, what's going on? We have Senator Amy Klobuchar. Her husband has COVID-19. He's on a ventilator. And she's like, yeah, well, my doctor told me not to get tested. Wait, hold on. What do you mean he told you not to get tested? What does that even mean? How does that even make any sense that, you know, you, <laughs> you don't get tested because your husband has it? How does that make sense? Tell me, you guys. So you, you're in a household, right? And your husband or wife gets it. And the doctor says, don't get tested. Are you understanding this? She said, her doctor said, she doesn't need to get tested. Think about it. I want you to think about this. What is that telling you? What are they avoiding? Why are not governors, but health directors putting their signatures on shelter in place, which makes it an invalid order? It is an invalid order. If the governor doesn't sign it, what is going on here who is calling the shots? Is it PEPFAR? Is it the UN coming in telling us that they're sovereign? Oh, it wasn't Schiff claiming sovereignty? Yeah, okay. I'm just saying, uh, this is totally far-fetched. I'm not saying that's what's going on. But you have to think. She 
has told that she's not supposed to get the test by her doctor, even though her husband is sick. So Amy Klobuchar is like a super spreader now. And now Minnesota is going to announce a shelter in place too. who's signing the documents. You guys take a look at who's signing the documents because in Ohio, it sure isn't the governor. This tells you everything you need to know. And the fact that the president is speaking without the presidential seal means the president is not speaking to you. That is all I'm going to say on that point. And I don't want to elaborate on it because it's, it's super, it's not something that should be stated um, over live airwaves across the nation. But just remember, it's, am I knocked off air again? Did they really knock me off air? Can can someone DM me? Because I just got like a barrage of messages saying that I was knocked off air. Is this true? Hmm. It's true? Anybody? I'm trying to see an update. Because I just got that I was knocked off air again. Yeah, of course. Because they don't want you to know that it's not a valid order if the governor doesn't sign it. Uh, so if we're not under, uh, you know... If we're not under martial law, medical martial law, then what gives her the authority to sign things? That makes absolutely zero sense. And they don't want us knowing this, of course. So they <laughs> are they knocking it off air online? I don't know um, of uh, everything else, but it's um, pretty interesting. Um, so... I just want you guys to know that at the end of the day, something's up. And um, so am I on air or am I knocked off again? Okay, so I'm on air, I'm assuming. Okay, good. So what I was talking about while I was knocked off air, uh, for those of you that are not going to be pulling this show uh, through iHeart and putting it on your radio stations later, is that the... The state of Ohio has postponed the primary elections, has issued a shelter in place, and um, this was all done because uh, the person who signed it was the health director and not the governor of the state. So all of this was done by Amy Acton, who is not the governor of Ohio. The governor of Ohio literally just stated it, didn't sign the document, which technically makes it an invalid order, yet it's being taken on as a valid one, which means something is not being told. Remember the video that I played at the beginning of the, of the show in the first hour? Something's tainted, some people are getting hurt, and things are just not making sense. And it seems like uh, the cure uh, is going to be worse than, thank you, Barry, for telling me that you hear me. Okay. It seems like the cure is going to be uh, getting worse, is going to be worse than the actual virus itself. And think, we're having this insane, uh, when I say insane, insane response from celebrities that are really going stir crazy stir completely stir crazy like these people make absolutely no sense uh they are completely insane they're talking rubbish they're trolling us um because they tell you what they want to tell you right without telling you and i want to play something very specific when i speak well i'll do that later but 
I want to make sure that you guys understand that we're having a big call for blood donations. Now, I know for myself, having one of the rarest forms, because I'm an O negative, but I'm missing more... Um, I would say antigen uh, presentations than your regular O negative. So mine's like super O negative. And it's like an in-between, it, it's called golden blood, anyone that has less, but I'm not like in the, I don't, I don't know what I'm at because they've stopped classifying those because back then they were like, there's only 40 people that have that blood and it's like the best. But I know that I should donate. I was actually thinking of walking in and donating some of mine only because I know that it can be used. Because I'm like super zero. But, um, uh, oh, wow. Is, am I constantly being knocked off, you guys? Yeah, I am. That's pretty weird uh, from the live stream. But I will be uploading this immediately once I'm done. So if it hiccups, I apologize. Um, we'll get it rectified by posting it up online uh, through iHeart, iTunes, and all podcast platforms immediately. So obviously they don't want me talking. So what I was going to say is they're asking for blood donations. You have to ask yourself why. Um, you know, you're seeing your stir-crazy uh, celebrities. They are really, really insane. Insane. Completely insane. And I've never seen them like this. These guys hibernate away from the public 24 seven. And now they're going crazy, giving each other messages. And it seems like they're exchanging information on who's being arrested or who's on some indictment. I really think that this is a huge cover for something even bigger. And the fact that people are getting themselves uh, letters exempting them from, uh, you know, the curfew and the travel is even bigger because a lot of people around um, are getting these, that you are exempt, you're considered an essential worker, and you know you have to, as an interpreter, linguist, I'm considered an essential worker too. So, you know, a lot of people are getting this information, a lot of letters. And the thing is, the expiration date is like two years from now. So you have to wonder why. Because, yeah, it makes sense. If this indeed is a virus and we're all social distancing, it's not going to die out. It's going to slow the rate of spread, giving us time to um, find a cure. But we haven't cured HIV. Well, have we? Because we have the cures. It's just that when they're so desperate, look at look at them. They're so desperate to hold on to power, they're willing to risk their own lives. Why? Think, why are they willing to risk their own lives to maintain power? This is just how big it is. And all you have to do is pray. All you have to do is think that, you know, this is all part of it. This is all part of it. All part of the plan. I mean, who would have thought that, you know... <laughs> 10 years ago, I'd be sitting in the room with the guy with the answer to the COVID-19. I'm just saying this is all part of the plan and we have to stay diligent and we have to um, focus on the information that the president is providing us and how he's providing it to us and his representatives. That is all we have to focus on. And, I, you know, you don't have to listen to me. Just listen to the president and you're fine. You don't have to listen to anybody. You don't have to follow anybody. You don't have to religiously follow. Just pray and listen to your president and take what he tells you to heart. He told you, don't get tested, don't get tested, don't get tested. I mean, how many times does he have to tell you that? Don't get tested. 
Because when they put something up your nose to test, that's a big deal. That is a very big deal because that's how you implant something real quick into your mucosals. So for all of you out there that are wondering, you know, how is this going to pan out? Just just take it as a staycation. Take it as it comes, right? And understand that everything that is happening happens for a reason, not for anything else, for a reason, and it will all blow over. And if, you know, they're pandemic backfired it's because you can take something that was created for evil and turn it into good no problemo and that is how you get to fix things now i want to play a clip of mcconnell talking about the democrats who are politicizing the coronavirus relief remember president trump just wants to send you a check in the mail the democrats want it to go through other parties monitor you, you deposit, you know, they deposit to you, they tell you how, when, and what. Maybe they want to skim off the top. But on top of that, they also want to have control of the money by funding things like, I don't know, Planned Parenthood. And one would say, well, why? I mean, how are we getting our vaccines, you guys? You should know better. And so this is something that someone should be thinking about, too. Why are the Democrats, who are supposed to be the the party of the people, uh, so adamant as to not want people to get money? Uh, I also wanted... Uh, us to listen to New York's Governor Cuomo, who's one of the states that are getting these MASH hospitals. And then you say, well, why is New York getting this? Why is it New York and Seattle that are getting hit the hardest? All you have to do is ask yourself, what does the population uh, in those areas um, look like? That's all you have to think about. What is the population, the demographics of the population look like? And then remember how Esper, well, you didn't hear that part, but if you do re-listen to the Department of Defense's announcement where he's speaking, he tells you, hey, do you know what? We are deploying troops across the nation and we're on ready. Everyone that's a reservist has already gotten notification that, hey, uh, you are currently on you know on call you do not leave your house you do not leave the state unless we tell you you're on readiness so we have troops being deployed around the world and we'll get to that u.s troop and i and i actually retweeted and 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 told you that the u.s army was planning this on march 7th and i'll refer to that um in in a little bit but i referred that to you because the u.s army put out a graphic where they're like oh look we have troops here here in germany there there and we go to poland this way and it's like yeah this is putting you on notice of how quick we can hit you from within germany and that was the thing oh and speaking of germany merkel is actually in quarantine because she has tested positive for covid19 too so i mean the only thing you have to uh think is look at the people that are testing positive for COVID-19 outside of the elderly, vulnerable, and underlying sick conditions people. You know, I mean, even that guy, Andy Cohen, that was doing shots with Hillary Clinton about a week ago is sick. That's, you know, and all these other celebrities are sick. And they're taking videos of themselves in bathtubs. I mean, okay, we're going to play that in a little bit. But I just want us to listen to uh, Mitch McConnell first, because it's important that you hear what Mitch McConnell has to say 
about the Democrats and how they're responding to this coronavirus stimulus. And to be honest with you, if mortgages and uh, tax payments and property taxes are paused, so should rents, credit cards and loans. Everything should be put on hold um, in order to stimulate the economy. You know, they have to stop saying, oh, yeah, you need to make a payment for your credit card. No, you shouldn't do that. You need to make a payment for your rent. No, you shouldn't. Everything should be put on hold. And that could be done with executive order by disallowing private businesses to charge customers um, for debt. And since we're doing that already with student loans, I think it's very important. And debt uh, and housing situation, because you don't want people on the street, right? Because coronavirus. Anyway, let's take a listen to Mitch McConnell here. Debate new regulations that have nothing whatsoever to do with this crisis. That's what they're up to over there. American people need to know. Democrats won't let us fund hospitals or save small businesses unless they get to dust off the Green New Deal. I'd like to see Senate Democrats tell New York City doctors and nurses who are literally overrun as we speak. But they're filibustering hospital funding and more masks because they want to argue with the airlines over their carbon footprint? I'd like to see Senate Democrats tell small business employees in their states who are literally being laid off every day that they're filibustering relief that will keep people on the payroll because Democrat special interest friends want to squeeze employers while they're vulnerable. Squeeze these employers while they're vulnerable. I'd like to see Senate Democrats tell all American seniors who've seen their hard-earned retirement savings literally melt away as the markets track toward their worst month since 1931 that they're continuing to hold up emergency measures over tax credits for solar panels. Tax credits for solar panels. Even with the Federal Reserve announcing even further extraordinary steps today, the markets are tanking once again, as I said, because this body can't get its act together. And the only reason it can't get its act together is right over here on the other side of the aisle. So these are just a few of the completely non-germane wish list items that they're rallying behind, preventing us from getting this emergency relief to the American people right now. Eleventh hour demands the Democrats have decided are more important than Americans' paychecks and the personal safety of doctors and nurses. So remember what one of Speaker Pelosi's top lieutenants in the House said just a few days ago, and this is a direct quote, this is a tremendous opportunity to restrict things to fit our vision. To fit our vision. That was the Democratic whip in the House. Just laying it out there. Reminds me of the definition of Washington Gap. When a politician in Washington tells you what he really means. And we heard something similar here on the Senate floor last night, just last night. Here was one of our Democratic colleagues, quote, how many times are we going to get a shot at a $1 trillion plus program? Right here on the floor last night. I don't know how many trillion plus packages we're going to have. 
In other words, let's don't waste this opportunity to take full advantage and get our whole wish list done. They ought to be embarrassed, Mr. President. In fact, I've heard from some of them who are embarrassed. Well, they are going to be embarrassed because right now, obviously, always at the end of the hour, now that no one's listening because I was playing a video, I'm going to drop this on you. What is really going on? If we have the coronavirus, we're all in stay in place. We're off the streets. We're not allowed. What is really going on since we have military operations? There have been videos going around the Internet from Germany, out in Australia, out in um, the, the in Kazakhstan. Uh, and I can't share those. I'm sorry. Where the U.S. military is being deployed. Some German guy in Hamburg was like, what is going on? These Americans named their tanks. Why is all of America here? All these troops being deployed. What's going on? And what is key about Honduras? And here is where I'm going to tell you. One day I will tell you about my trip to Panama. So I want you to think, where did we get the big wave of caravans coming from? Think. Wasn't it from Central America? Didn't South America close their borders six months ago to to, to Central America? Didn't we push as hard as we can to shut our southern border down. What is going on there? Well, what if you found out that all these, you know, we obviously had Madeline McCann. She's not an American. But what if we had, right, found a facility, a facility where we should be unsealing Epstein, What if we had a facility? See, the only way that we can get things done is by ensuring that we can hold those like these Democrats. And don't get me wrong, Republicans as well are included in this list because they are cut from the same cloth. Well, most of them. So you have nothing to fear because we are all over it. There are so many people out there with eyes everywhere. And again, I say, one day I will tell you about my trip to Panama. But in the meantime, let's focus on Honduras. Do you remember why I said I feared John Bolton? Right. Because of his swift movement in El Salvador, right? It's like he came in with a katana to roll heads. I really wish there's still time that I can't talk about Panama. I will talk about Panama, though, at some point. So what if we found a place where they hold and do some special tests? Because you went to the doctor you know, because you broke your leg or because you're pregnant or because you're sick or because you have an earache or your child needs tubes to be done. You go to the doctor and you do blood tests. Let me check your blood. I'll check for this. But every single time you go, and I repeat, every single time you go, that blood sample is analyzed. Your DNA is analyzed completely in its entirety. And every time you sign that consent to treat, I dare any of my listeners who want to refute this to go and ask for the details, the small print to the small print, because they'll give you like a piece of paper of the consent to treat. But then you're going to say, no, no, no. I want to see how you hold my records and stuff. I want the, the fine print, the legal stuff, and they'll give you a stack so big. And if they can give it to you in PDF copy, that's great. Ask your hospital to do so. And scan for the word, Hold on and share. You'll see that they can hold your information for seven years. You'll see that they share your information with anyone that they have federally approved sharing permissions with. You are on a database and what do they target? Remember CPS kidnap, right? 
How moms are just having babies and then CPS turns up and says, well, I'm taking your baby. And it's like, why? Because um, you didn't do the dishes yesterday. Well, uh, probably because I was in labor. Well, yeah, you could go to the court and they never see their kids again. Or parents that suddenly go school age kids and they're like, you're totally abusing, but I'm not. doesn't matter. Prove it. And how am I going to prove something that didn't happen? Yeah, so tough luck. No kid. And think, where would they be taking this? You have to remember Haiti. Where Chelsea Clinton was like, what are we doing about this coronavirus? Speaking of the woman whose dress was washed by Haitian children tears. How the head of the Amber Alert system, who changed her name now, right, was down in Haiti ushering children across the border to El Salvador. I'm just saying. Think of what is really going on. We have the coronavirus, which I told you is worldwide. Worldwide. Yet our military is on ready. Our military and essential employees are not really getting sick. And you have to ask yourself, which 133 military members have gotten? Because remember, ICE had a whole list, had a whole list with over 5,000 names in 2005 that worked for the Department of Defense that participate in child and human trafficking. I want you to think again. What do you think is really going on? Who is this virus targeting? It's kind of weird that it's senators, congressmen, royalty, superstars, celebrities, and like this, uh, what, what's that guy's name? I keep forgetting his name because he's nobody. He's literally a nobody. He looks like he's Asian. Uh, he has a, a law blog and he recruits for lawyer. He recruits lawyers. Um, and this guy was like sick and now he's on a ventilator and it like went from zero to a hundred real quick. So he's a, he's a verified blue check mark, uh, on Twitter, which by the way, DEFCON, uh, national broadcast systems used to be a verified account on Twitter. They're no longer such. What happened? And um, so this guy who's verified, uh, not a lot of followers. Uh, I think his last name was Lat. I have to look it up. But he has the coronavirus and he was talking about like, oh, I feel very sick and I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, I feel sick. Oh, David Lat. There we go. And, you know, he's really sick right now. And he's saying, you know, within four days of going to the hospital, even though he had gone to his doctor, you know, in the past two weeks, oh, I have a bit of cough and I feel the doctor was like, just go home, take Tylenol, drink some tea, do your thing, right? And then he comes back again, no, just go and, well, let me check you now that we have this COVID-19. And turns out within four days from, uh, uh, I can't cough to, I'm, uh, I'm breathing on a tube and my lungs are deteriorating. Here's what happens. If you actually look at his line, people like Cher are coming. Oh, my dear. Or, you know, Patricia Arquette, you know, the one that wanted disease to go everywhere so it could just kill off all these idiot racists, right? Well, maybe it's the year of the boomerang that came and your boomerang was lifted out and launched in 2019 and just came back to bite you in the Sometimes you can take something evil and turn it into good real quick.
And this is how you can get and fix things. Because what you have to do is find where they do these things, how they do these things, and when. And you're going to be like, whoa, that's way too much to, yeah. You know, the truth is stranger than fiction. The truth blows your mind completely because nobody can really handle the truth. Uh, you know, yesterday there was a premiere of a um, show that I pre-recorded portions of it, right? Not all of it, with Millie days ago in her studio. And in there, I tried to explain to people that artificial intelligence is super old school. Alice has got nothing on us. And the the thing that I was trying to infer was that there has been a way for them to be trying to find a way to upload kung fu fighting. I mean, you know, that you can just take an injection of a retroviral, retroviral, with a little bit of graphene on it, and insert memories or knowledge of kung fu fighting. Because your body is the most incredible machine. This is why they're throwing $23 trillion for the brain initiative that Obama kicked off. We have the brain project in Europe. And who are they experimenting on? Africans and select people of select genetic profiles. So all of this is coming to front. Today, Fox is reporting Kristen Smart's family has been advised that they should be waiting for news. Wait till you see. It'll blow your mind. Nothing can stop what's coming. It's here. They can't stop it. And they don't know what to do. This is why you see Madonna in a bathtub. You know, I really need to play that clip. Let me find that clip on Twitter. Because you need to listen to what she is telling you. She's now saying that they feel like they're equal to us. I didn't know that they weren't equal to us before. What is happening here? What is happening here? I'm not understanding what is happening here. So it is really important that people listen to what they tell us because they are telling you everything you need to know. And even though they're going insane, like we saw Maria Shriver... She looked like her eye was like shiny. You know what I mean? She was like done. Look, they're all green. I was like, what the, you know, Julia Roberts and her stupid drawn eye on her hand. Like you have to think. And then she has her kids read this weird nefarious letter. And Madonna's sitting in a bathtub, right? Complaining. Oh my God, I'm on lockdown. Girl, you you know, like Ellen DeGeneres always complaining and calling all her friends, right? You know, she's got a forest in her backyard. They've got millions and millions of dollars. They can call nurses, doctors. They have people filming them in a milk bath in a bathtub you know and they're suffering but what about us like for me for example man if I run out of cigarettes boy you do not want to be around me I need to have at least one cigarette. like I go all the way down <laughs> to, the, to the underground <laughs> parking garages and sit in a corner and have a cigarette. like I have to have one of those two of those to maintain my Hey guys. All right. So this is the extended version. Obviously, um, I don't know uh, how else to put that the show was being attacked on all fronts on different platforms at various times. So it was very hard 
to keep train of thought and look at all these attacks. So many that even my service provider for the internet knocked all my devices offline and I had to like re-enter all my information to get in, etc. It was it was pretty incredible. So I guess during this extended version, I've uploaded already onto iHeartMedia, uh, you know, and obviously uh, through my podcasting uh, software uh, company, the whole show, the whole thing. And I haven't had it edited because the guy who usually does my editing is traveling. And then I kind of hijacked friends, editors, sound audio people. Cause I, I, it's not that I'm not capable. It's just that like, I don't like to pay for stuff that I can program on my own, but I don't have time. I have to work. I have a hot mess of a personal life and, you know, do this. Cause I still have to put food on the table. Right. So anyway, so I apologize if it's pitchy or anything, let me know. I mean, I tried to run it through another thing uh, to see if that helps because I don't have time to go in there and set algorithms to regulate my pitch, which is always off. So uh, in advance, sorry. So let's get down to this coronavirus right quick. And this is just going to be a tidy up wrap up. Now, while we're all focused on coronavirus and everyone's freaking out of dying, and you know, to be honest, I should be the one freaking out and dying anytime by getting the flu because I am immunocompromised, like severely. Like I've always been saying, like if I get another five years, I'm lucky. And I'm dead serious on this. I'm not like overstating it, okay? I'm being dead serious. Um, now, the, the, the thing is, is that everyone out there is panicking, Yet we're having so much happen. Look, ever since coronavirus, what have we seen? Oh, you know what? Let me stop that. Let me reverse. Last year, I was telling you about a trucking company, a massive trucking company. I don't remember the name because there were so many, but there was FedEx, trucking companies and everything. And what happens is, is that these, they had indictments that were unsealed about money laundering, BlackRock financial, Ukraine stuff. It was a whole nine yards. But then when you went to their site or tried to find those perpetrators, they had resigned six months in advance because obviously a big company like, I don't know, Google or Fox or MSNBC or NBC or the Gates Foundation or, or MasterCard or Salesforce or, or Disney or Visa or can I name them all? Of course, they're all stepping down. And today, well, it was last night that NBC, I have moles and flies everywhere. Now, I can tell you that to get a fly on the wall within the media companies is really difficult because even though we've shut down the seventh floor, that seems to have migrated to some place. Come on, Mike Pompeo, you know exactly where it is. And I know we're watching, but come on, it's pathetic. So anyway, they found out that there's indictments that are ready to be unsealed. Jack Dorsey, Schmidt, Gates, Sue Desmond Hellman. <laughs> so many. Joe Biden, under Biden. Cha, Clinton Health Initiative. What else? Can we keep going? Like tons of them. So all of these indictments are ready to pop. So across the planet, we've had massive resignations, but coronavirus. 
We've had people getting saved, but coronavirus. Okay, so this coronavirus has been driving us insane completely, all of us. We don't know which way to look and what to see. Here's how it's going to go. ID 2020 is going to be quashed. And, you know, while I was doing my show, for some reason, everything went out. But Madonna's bathtub tells you everything you need to know. They're going to be dropping like flies, plane crashes in Australia. You're going to see so much going on. People getting arrested for, you know, doing some insane things. You know, Assange is going to be coming back into the picture. I mean, all of this, everything you've, you've heard from my subscribe star, everything you have been listening to. Think numbers, think Fibonacci, think who's going to talk about it. Think what is going to happen, how it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I can't wait till someone actually starts. And this is going to be like the indicator. I'm just going to tell you when you're going to see someone actually sue Lysol or sue someone for like hand sanitizer that doesn't work, that's simply water that smells good, suicides left and right, uh, you know, huge film producers, you're going to see so much going on. It is going to be ridiculous. Um, uh, one thing that we should keep our eye out is husband and wife uh, murder suicides. Those are going to be pretty insane because what people don't seem to understand is that this coronavirus is more than just a virus. This is more than just a bioweapon they released. They do not care about you. This is what I was saying. They don't care about you. They don't care if you die. They will do anything to maintain power. These people are completely sick and sick in all fronts, sick on everything. I mean, we knew about this SARS virus from a long time ago, but who activated it? What activated it? You have to think about it. You know, the minute we have all of this down, it's gone. <sighs> Look at where the hot zones are. Look at where the location, like I said, of Wuhan is near the fish market. Look at where the origin is. I mean, come on. How is it possible that this is all going on and no one seems to understand? Ha, they want to stop our rallies. They don't want to see support for the president. These Silicon Valley giants are going to eat a big big, big plate of humble pie. Because while they see that he was uh, fixing the economy, roaring up, uh, taking away from their message because they had none, they needed to find a way to end this presidency. They needed to find a way. And what better way than to sabotage what better way than to throw roadblocks and this was pulling the pin on a grenade that can explode them too this is mathematically impossible but madonna tells you it all she had her children reading letters when they're sitting there while she takes blood transfusions uh their coup failed completely <laughs> And they have their Democratic representative, Joe Biden, who can't seem to stream a sentence correctly. Could you imagine how that's going to pan out? They've actually taken over their own party, their party that's supposedly representing the people taken over. 
we're going to see a lot coming down. Who's hoarding? Hey, Ellen, do you have a couple of respirators? How many masks do you have? How many gloves do you have? How much does your staff really need for all of this? This is going to look like nothing. Nothing. The, the fact that they were spying on the president is going to be huge. Schiff has to be scared. Very, all of them are. And this is the only reason that they are pushing so hard. So hard. John Durham arrested the guy that was harassing Adam Schiff, right? Think. Why would John Durham, out of all prosecutors, go after someone that was harassing Adam Schiff? The only way that he would do that is if that guy was impeding on his investigation into Schiff. It's all going to happen. It's math, like the Fibonacci series, completely math. And those of you that heard my math subscribe star understand exactly what I'm saying. Now, this is a, you know, quick 15 minutes of the 15 minutes that were cut off. So, I'm really going to just put it out there as a patch on uh, to my uh, my live show that was cut off. Hopefully it doesn't get cut off again. Um, and hopefully I can get the um, subscribe star extended version where we're going to delve into all these questionable activities that are being looked into and how they tie in to coronavirus and how we're going to see a shutdown nationwide how we're going to see it to protect us, how we're going to see everything move to a digital platform, how we're going to see this change. We are going to see this change. You know, I can't explain to you how insane this is from, I, I, I don't know if it was aired because, you know, I'm taping this right afterwards. Um, what I was telling you, Honduras, right? Think of what Honduras has given the United States in the past three years. Caravans full of people. Caravans full of people. Activated caravans full of people. And you think now with this distraction of a global pandemic that they've released on the people, which is highly specific. It wasn't even finished. They didn't even have all the fail-safes in place. What was created for evil was turned into good, and you're going to see this president rise up like nobody's business because he already knows. Because there are ways that we can predict things. There are ways that we can see things. There's been a whirlwind of unmaskings. They are pushing for more. They're going to split the base, all bases, conservative, Democrats, conspiracy theorists, you know, um, vote groups, Q groups, everything. They will come and they will break it into pieces, a thousand pieces, because they know that united you stand tall and divided you fall hard. So what you have to think about is, how do I stay true? To what I know, how do I stay true to the messages I see that uh, that resonate with me? That's all you have to think of. I earlier in the show I had said that um, you know it's really telling that we're getting an announcement in the evening rather than during the day. This is key. Think right now, as hard as they want. 
to keep control, they're losing it even more, even more. They're losing harder because the people believe that President Trump is doing exactly what he should be doing, exactly what he should be doing. And what's key here is (laughs) that they don't seem to know that they've already lost. I mean, they do because they're completely panicking, completely panicking. Now, um, one thing that I want to reiterate is I want you to pay attention to who's getting arrested. Big industrial CEOs leaving. Uh, big, uh, you know, media mongols uh, committing suicide, husband-wife suicides, lawsuits. You know, I heard down the pipeline. Now, I don't know how true this is, but it may be so that we will be hearing about another suicide. Um, someone that knew a star from a very, very young age. The reason I tell you this is when we do our calculations, we can see that there are certain people. Um, now, for me, uh, how it resonated from how this calculation happened, that this is someone that was in living color that um, had someone so dear to them, so true to them, that knew them so well that they are going to be committing suicide. I want you guys to have eyes on Australia and look at all the resignations that are going to happen, all the casualties, plane crashes. We should be having three of them today. And that's going to be later on this evening, of course. Um, There is going to be so much coming in. It's going to be insane. Uh, precious metals are going to be in the co- in the mix. You are going to see so much happen this week. It is going to be a bad week, and it's not going to be a bad week for us as long as we stay, you know, distant. As long as we wait patiently to see what and how our president is going to fix this for us, we should be fine. That is what you all have to know. That as long as we stay true to ourselves. Everything should be fine. There should be no concern for your well-being or your family's well-being. The only thing you have to do is think of the bigger picture. Think of what is actually happening here. And that'll totally make sense to you. You will understand exactly where everything is going. You will understand how it's supposed to be going. That is all you have to think about. How is this going and where is it going and what does it mean for you? And for you, it means that you will be safe. And for Kristen Smart's family, it means that they have some closure to the situation and understand. Could you imagine Honduras? I remember I'm going to tell you about that trip to Panama one day, but Honduras... That's incredible if you think about 23 years later as a parent. If someone came to me uh, and said, just wait, I would be ecstatic uh, no matter what it is. I mean, at that point, after 23 years, you've buried your child. You've reconciled with that and you are fine with that. So all you have to think is how this looks to be coming out and how it looks to be coming to uh, it's 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 happening guys and uh, even though he hasn't said it yet it's here and retribution 
and payback for what has been done. This isn't about just the children. This isn't about just the people being trafficked. This isn't about taxes and money and drugs. This is about crimes against humanity on a broader scale. I can't tell you, you know, I can't say it enough. And I've said this weeks ago, we should say thank you to President Xi because this is exactly um, what we were looking for. Good cooperation. Because even though they say that we are on our own, even though they make you feel that we have no one on our side, even though they're trying to show you that he is not prepared because he didn't have enough uh, masks because, yeah, everybody thinks to... Uh, yeah, let me just get a lot of ventilators because I totally need it. <laughs> On that note, here's a song. That's pretty good, actually. Well, one of my favorites. Take a listen. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.